I appreciate your patience. Well, last week I thought it went really well. We did have some cleanup to do that I saw, but I saw some gleaners helping me with the snack that we had last week from the oats and the barley, so thank you. As we continue on in Ruth chapter 3 this week, let, let me review briefly what we've talked about. Ruth and Naomi, um, or actually Naomi's husband Elimelech, had taken his family to uh, Moab because there was a drought and a famine in the promised land around the area of Bethlehem and Judea. And then during that time they were there, uh, Elimelech and uh, Naomi's two sons, Malon and Chilion, had um, passed away. And as I shared with you guys, some of the rabbis, some of the commentators all say that uh, they were killed in the land of Moab. And Naomi, being there with only her her daughter-in-laws, ventured and had heard that the Lord was blessing his people again. So she ventured back to uh, the promised land where she knew people. And when last week we, we talked about how Ruth went out and started gleaning um, from the fields and went to an area that had been of Elimelech's family. Which brings us to today um, and where Ruth uh, had been gleaning for so many months and bringing the gleanings back to uh, Naomi, basically. And she was probably making breads and being able to sell them out at the... uh, selling them at the market and different things like that. So this had gone on for several weeks, if not a few months, where Ruth was getting to know Boaz because it was Boaz's fields. So let's pick up in Ruth 2.23 where it says, So she stayed close by the maids of Boaz in order to glean until the end of the barley harvest and at the wheat harvest. And she lived with her mother-in-law which showed that every night she would come back to Naomi and that she went every day, except for the Sabbath day, to go glean in Boaz's fields. And in three one it says, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, shall I not seek security for you, that it may be well with you? Now is not Boaz our kinsman, with whose maids you were with? Basically, <clears throat> We're going to turn over to Deuteronomy 25, if you guys will. Go ahead and turn there. This is a similar passage that Naomi is referring to. As you guys turn to Deuteronomy 25, I'm going to read Ruth 1, 11 through 13. And it says, But Naomi said, Return, my daughters. Why should you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may bear, that they may be your husbands? Return, my daughters, go, for I am too old to have husbands. If I said, I have hope, if I should even have a husband tonight and also bear sons, would you therefore wait until they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is harder for me than for you, for the hand of the Lord has gone forth against me. Again, that same mindset, this biblical mindset that Ruth or Naomi had for Ruth was, I can't possibly bear a son tonight and you're going to wait to keep him as a husband. And why was she thinking this way? Because God set forth a plan in place that we see here 
as we're talking about Aaron and Moses receiving promises and ways to live righteously before God. Deuteronomy 25, 5 through 6 states, When a brother, when a brothers live together, and one of them dies and has no son, the wife of the deceased shall not be married outside the family to a strange man. Her husband's brother shall go into her and take her to himself as a wife and perform the duty of a husband's brother to her. It shall be that the firstborn whom she bears shall assume the name of the, his dead brother, so that his name will not be blotted out. You see, God cares for the women and makes sure that they're cared for. This is something where she would be so used to the family that she was married to, that God wanted to make sure that she would be cared for even after the brother had passed in these type of situations. So Ruth and Naomi, or Naomi especially, would know these passages. And it, we can't get away from this if we know the Torah and we know what Ruth or Naomi is referring to here. We have to glean from what the Torah sets forth, even in the Gospels and in the, uh, here within the book of Ruth. So that's what Naomi is referring to when she says, uh, Shall I not seek security for you, that it may be well with you? Now is not Boaz our kinsman, with whose maids you were with, basically gleaning this whole time? She's reflecting on how she didn't have another child. She's not married. But now that we're here and we're living life day to day, huh, maybe we can seek some refuge for you and possibly for me in this time through a, a distant relative. And it, Naomi goes on to say here, Behold, he winnows barley at the threshing floor tonight. Now winnows, I showed you guys last night or last time what uh, the wheat and barley looked like. Winnows, basically, they're taking the barley stalk or the, the oats or whatever it may be and they're breaking it down and they're throwing it up in the air to get the shaft with the wind. The seeds go up in the air and the shaft just floats away. So they're breaking it down into what I showed you guys last week. This is part of the, what they're talking about with the threshing floor. And it says to her, Go there, basically, find him, and then wash yourself, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your best clothes, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. Interesting here, in verse 3, as I was reading some of the rabbis, Rashi especially, he says that it's, it points out, put on your best clothes. A poor person wouldn't have very good best clothes. But they might have some set aside for the Sabbath. So put on your Sabbath clothes here. Whenever you watch him eat, and we'll go on. But basically, put on your Sabbath clothes. Make yourself presentable. Make yourself somewhat desirable. So Boaz will recognize you. And as we know in chapter 2, she was recognized by Boaz even the first time he saw her in the field. He asked his field manager, who is that other woman there? So we notice even in chapter 2 that he recognizes her. And verse 4 goes on, it says, And it shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place where he lies, and you shall go and uncover his feet and lie down then, Lie down, then he will tell you what you shall do. So basically, interesting enough, 
I thought to myself, that seems a little bit scandalous, right? And as I'm reading on in it, we'll see here uh, in a little bit that she's basically lie down at his feet. So if somebody does walk in, they can't mistake them for lying together. Because we'll see in a few passages, Boaz still says she's highly recommended, she's highly esteemed in the community. So this passage isn't something where Naomi's encouraging her to be scandalous. She is actually saying, you know what, go there and ask him, kind of being up front in a little bit. We'll talk about it. To be a little bit up front, see if he'll marry you. Let's go on ahead. Says She said to her, all that you say, Naomi, I will do. She's trusted her up until this point. Ruth has trusted her coming out of her own homeland. She trusted her to go glean in the fields around the area of Elimelech's family, and it's all worked out. Why would she not go forward and trust Naomi in this situation? So she says, all that you say I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor, did according to all her mother-in-law had commanded her. Interesting to me. She went down. She probably didn't change. She's down there with all the workers and the women that are down there doing certain things. And she probably wouldn't be so recognized. She was just part of the maidservants at that time. Because, she remember, she had been there for anywhere six to eight weeks to 12 weeks possibly. Just part of the normal crew now. And it says, When Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, interesting to me, um, these passages of scripture, it always waits for the man to get a little bit uh, feeling good, if you want to say. But it doesn't say he was drunk. Now, Noah was drunk, but Boaz just felt merry. <clears throat> he went to lie down at the end of the heap grain. The end of the heap grain. Do you guys know what a heap grain looks like? It's huge. If you're not, well, I found out last week a lot of you guys are from the city, city folks. Coming from Bakersfield, I know what a heap of grain looks like. It's huge. It's these huge mounds of grain or carrots or potatoes. I'm from a potato and carrot area, highly grown, or cotton. We used to jump into the heaps of cotton in Bakersfield off the cotton pickers and into the cotton because my grandpa picked cotton. So I know what heaps look like. What do we have heaps of here? We have heaps of children's clothes. That's what we have here. So we have, I didn't get a real heap, just a few bags. There's a heap over there I found yesterday as I was coming up with an example. A heap of clothes. Okay. And these piles would just go on and on and on and on. So Boaz is over there, and they're working in his fields. This is what I can fathom, actually, in this story. It's the end of the grain season, and he's over there in the evening time, and they're pulling out the barley and the harvest, and he's getting to know his workers, and they're like, oh, we're done for the season. How many of us have worked so hard, and we're just glad we're done with whatever it is? Yeah, all of us at some point. I know for some people who may work at UPS after the holiday seasons, they're like, oh, thank goodness the holidays are over, right? <clears throat> so they're there. They have these heaps of grain. And it says, 
And she came secretly and uncovered his feet and lay down. Okay. So he he goes over. He's laying down his head. He, he maybe makes a little pillow out of the grain area. And he he's getting, he probably has a cover. And I'm sure it was like the American flag, you know. How many of you guys have big blankets at home? Yeah, really big. I would even say that big. Okay. And Ruth, he's laying there. He's married, right? He's, uh, he's had a few glasses of wine. And he's laying there. And she comes and lays at his feet. He probably wouldn't have noticed that much. Because there was so much covering. But in the passages, the next passage, this is comfortable without shoes on. (laughs) That would be cool. That's next week, yeah. At the marriage ceremony. It says, she came secretly and uncovered his feet. And it happened in the middle of the night that the man was startled and bent forward. And behold, a woman was lying at his feet. She had already uncovered. She had probably already fallen asleep at the, the foot of where he was. In the middle of the night, as we all do, we'll move around. And he notices somebody's laying there. Can you imagine that? He's on his barley. The wine's wearing off. Who's laying underneath my blanket with me? And it says, Boaz says, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your maid. She went from a gleaner to now a maid. He's starting to recognize her and get to know her. So so spread your covering over your maid, for you are a close relative. She had already been covered, which cracks me up. Take your covering. Now, we're, we're here at the Disciple Center. We're used to, actually, the covering that the prayer shawls that the rabbis use. We've seen those, most of, the, most of us. Put your covering over us. She's asking Boaz, will you still allow me to sleep here? Will you cover me? Basically being up front. As I was reading this, I'm like, Is she proposing to him? And it seems like she is with these words that I'm reading from Rashi and these other commentators. They're saying, basically she's saying, will you cover me even now that you've seen where I'm at? And he says, may you be blessed of the Lord, my daughter. You have shown your last kindness to be better than the first. Do you recall the first chapters where he says, you've shown kindness to your people. You've shown kindness to your mother-in-law, caring for her, worrying about her, taking up what a son should be doing, but her son's dead. You've shown your kindness to be better than the first by not going after young men, whether poor or rich. Interesting here, this is where the commentators definitely point out, Boaz is much older than she is. She could probably go and find a young man in her area, and probably woo him to get him to want to marry her. But he says, you've shown your kindness by not going out to the young men and not going, 
whether poor or rich, showing that she's finding favor and trusting in what Naomi's saying and what God has for her. And it goes on to say, Now my daughter, do not fear, I will do for you whatever you ask for all my people in the city. All the people in the city who you've been working with here and there, that you are a woman of excellence. Now it is true, I am a close relative. However, there is a relative closer than I. I got a little bit of uh, insight as I was studying for this. And it looked like the rabbis, as they were talking about this back and forth, that Naomi must have known there was a closer relative. But Ruth may not have. And this is her first insight into that. Can you imagine that? If I was Ruth, and Naomi's telling me, go push this subject because this is one of the commandments, and told Ruth, hey, there is one closer, so if he says no, you might be stuck with the, sec- the other one. <laughs> she may not have been so uh, willing to go forward. But it definitely looks like... Um, He's pointing out the fact that there, according to the Deuteronomy commandment, there's somebody closer and he needs to check it out. And we'll talk about that next week in chapter 4. goes on to say, Remain this night, and when morning comes, if he will redeem you, good, let him redeem you. But if he does not wish to redeem you, then I will redeem you. As the Lord lives, lie down until morning. Interesting to me. If I was Ruth, I would be saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. If he doesn't want, or if he does want to, uh, let's stop. But it shows that she was willing to be cared for. She had a willingness, and so did Naomi, for them to go forward with this, just by sending her there. And it says, so he covered her, basically caring for her. And so she lay at his feet until morning. And before one could recognize another, and he said, Let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. So he's making sure that her integrity is still intact. So even before morning, I know some people don't know what maybe 3 or 4 o'clock look like, but others do. You really can't see around unless there's light. So they're probably waking up even before the morning sun starts. And he says, again, he said, give me the cloak that is on you and hold it. She had come probably with some type of clothing that would cover her in case she got cold. Because women never get cold. Right? So she came prepared. And it says, so she held it and he measured six measures of barley and laid it on her. Then she went into the city. Now... Basically, that's interesting because some of the, as I was studying again, I was taught that this looks like one of those offerings whenever in, in the scriptures, how we see that the man would give something to the woman's family as he would receive her in marriage. So he's giving this. We see this throughout Ruth that Boaz is taking care of Ruth. Take this, right? We talked about last week how a gleaner really doesn't glean more than 
uh, one gallon of barley or one gallon of grain, but we see Ruth going back with four or five gallons every time, or at least at one time that we saw, compared to a normal gleaner. And then it goes on to say, When she came to her mother-in-law, she said, How did it go, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done for her. Okay, let me help you guys out here. When a daughter gets engaged and she comes home, what's mom going to say? Come here, we're having a special session, let's talk. How did it happen? What happened? She already had a little bit of insight. And they talked for hours. Well, he did this, and she did, and this is what happened, and he had this all planned, and man, there were candles everywhere, and it was so beautiful, and his friends were there. This is what's going on. So we see they're talking here. And it says, Ruth says, These six measures of barley he gave to me, for he said, Do not go to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Not returning. Remember, God says to us, don't come to me empty-handed. Something very similar. Don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. So he gives her those six measures. Um, And in verse 18 it says, Then she said, now, get this, I can only imagine Ruth here is thinking, but he's got to go ask somebody that I don't have any idea about if they want to redeem me first or get married to me first. Okay, and so or Naomi in this instance is going to comfort her, and it says, "Wait, my daughter, until you know how the matter turns out, for the man will not rest until he has settled settled it today." Think about that. I know some situations that I hate. Time is of the worst essence, but Naomi here is saying. Don't worry. Boaz is a good man. He'll make sure it's taken care of today. He's caring. She's even comforting her in that situation where they talked about what happened. And she's saying, don't worry. We'll know by the end of the day. Comforting signs, comforting words from Naomi to Ruth. Now, Boaz, as I said, he gave her something Basically, we see here he is the kinsman redeemer is what this chapter pointed out um, several times as I was studying. And just like if we see Boaz as a type of savior, somebody that's helping and caring for her like Christ did, we see that Christ (coughs) redeemed us. Just like he sent something back to pay for her if that's the way it's going to go. And in the same way, Christ paid with his own flesh and his own blood for us. So the passage that was read earlier from Romans 5, 6 through 11, it talks about a reconciliation from Christ. For us as Gentiles coming into the family of God. But another piece of that is the redemption of God for us coming into the family. So I looked at that whole passage and you can, you can see here the redeemed part of it. Let me read it for you from Romans 5, 6 through 11. And all I did was take the reconciliation and put redeemed in there. It says, For while we were still helpless, at the right time Messiah did for the ungodly. 
For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved by the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, we were redeemed to God through the death of his son, much more having having been redeemed, We shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also exalt in God through Jesus our Messiah, through who now we have received redemption. You see, the same way that we come to Christ and we ask for his covering over us is a similar situation and a foreshadow of the way Ruth asked Boaz to cover her and care for her in those situations throughout her life. I just wanted to make that parallel because it's so strong when you actually sit there and look at the redemption and the caring of God, even in the time of Ruth and us today. Let us go to the Lord in prayer.